Let's go, baby. What is happening? Andrew Cooper here, a.k.a. Coupe Fiasco on Twitter. And you're here for Coop's Fantasy Football Fiasco. Uh, we got Fantasy Alarm, Better Sports Network here and sponsored by FFPC. And ladies and gentlemen, it is the single biggest draft weekend of the year, Labor Day weekend. Hopefully, if you were smart, you moved all your important drafts back to today. As we've seen in recent years, especially with the rule of cutting down to the 53-man roster right at the last minute, take your most important drafts and put them after that, right? Jonathan Taylor obviously going on to IR. Uh, guys like you know Malik Davis just getting outright cut. Guys like Chosen Anderson getting cut. Put your important drafts this weekend. It's not that hard. Set them all up. If you got to do two a days, if you have to get in the pit and grind and do it that way, then do it that way. But move them all to this time of year. And since you have your drafts this week, uh, we've already gone through all the concepts, right? We hit on, we had all four shows. If you haven't done your draft yet, go back and check out the four shows first on the overall positions. Then we did four shows on the different strategies. Robust RB, zero RB, yin and yang tight end, waiting on quarterback. We brought in guys like Rich Rebar and Scott Fish to take care of that. Uh, we've already done all the concept stuff. Last week, or actually this week on Monday, I went through my entire rankings top to bottom with color-coded like I have my full rankings up there with the uh, set up the dynamic tiers with the high end guys, the high upside, high risk guys, the safe guys. It's all broken down and color coded based on ADP. So not only are they ranked, but it, it says right on there if they're green, I like them at ADP or even before ADP. If they're yellow, we're taking them uh, around where they go or if they slide. And if they're red, we're not drafting them at all. Doesn't get easier than that. What's up, guys? Trickling in the chat. How are we doing today? Uh, so today, uh, we've already looked at the rankings. What we're going to do today is look at some actual draft boards from high stakes leagues, from expert leagues, and actually look at some drafts, right? There's no better way than uh, to get ready for your draft than to look at a draft like one on FFPC with a $2,000 buy-in. That's what we're going to look at shortly. Then in the middle segment, I'm bringing in another expert, one of my favorites, Lisa Ann, to break down a draft that she did, the Queen's Classic at the Fantasy Football Expo, in person with other experts, right? Doesn't get better than that. And then at the very end, we're going to look at a quick dynasty draft and see how that looks, uh, you know, if we can get it to look right on the screen. Otherwise, I got some other stuff for you guys. So that's what we're doing today. It's going to be awesome here. So, Earn Dog, if you don't mind, let's pull it up. This is a legitimate FFPC high stakes draft that was done recently for the people just listening what i'm going to do uh you know i know some of you guys are on spotify and, and apple and all that and i appreciate you guys going in there giving this show a good review so that it goes to the top and people see it i appreciate you guys what i'll do is for those folks i'm going to go through and kind of let you know what the picks are i'm not going to go pick by pick that's kind of crazy i'll put the draft in the link in the description link so you can check it out but i'm going to give you some things i noticed here that you can use in your drafts this weekend. It's big stuff. And we know this draft is recent because if you go in and check it out, uh, Jonathan Taylor, all the way down there in the fifth round. So people are adjusting. They're paying attention. The one thing to note for this draft, it's full PPR and it's tight end premium. So the tight ends go a little bit early, but honestly, it doesn't really affect much. People kind of overdo it in tight end premium, in my opinion where they get a little crazy taking not only their top one, but also a second one. So, but that's, that's for a different day. What we're going to look at here is some things that we've noticed that the high stakes folks are doing the people with a lot riding on this. 
I understand that having money doesn't make you better at fantasy football. Uh, it doesn't make you sharper. It doesn't make you smarter. But I will say this. If we look at a $5 best ball draft somewhere versus a draft where people are putting $2,000 on it, you're going to see people making uh, making plays that are sharp. They're making moves that they believe give them a huge advantage. And they're also not going to be taking crazy risks early on, which is something else that I like, honestly. For the first one, I'm not sure if the news had broken or not, but Cooper Cup, for me, is a guy I'm not taking in the first round. In this draft, if you look closely there, he went off the board in the first round, pick like seven or eight. I'll tell you this. I say this all the time. I don't fade guys that are hurt because I'm trying to guess who – sorry, I don't fade guys who are who are not hurt trying to guess who gets hurt and who doesn't. Playing the injury guessing game is how you drafted uh, Jonathan Taylor last year over Christian McCaffrey. Don't fade guys who are healthy trying to guess who gets hurt. But if guys are hurt while you're drafting, absolutely feel feel free to fade them. If you look at a guy like Keenan Allen last year, he came out, got hurt week one, told everyone that he might play week two. He, he didn't actually play a full game until week 11 with the hamstring. And Cooper Cup suffered this hamstring injury a couple weeks ago. And guess what? Just had a setback yesterday. That's the big thing that happened with Keenan Allen. He kept having setbacks. It scares me. And I'm going to let somebody else take him. Maybe I'll take him in the third round. I know the upside. You don't have to tell me the upside. But the downside is you wasted your most important pick on a guy that's not going to be in your lineup. If we were going to be drafting guys that are really good, that are at risk of missing, you know, like two, three games, we'd be drafting Alvin Kamara in like the third round. And honestly, Alvin Kamara is a guy that maybe we should be drafting higher. But if you were drafting Cooper Cup, knowing he's probably going to miss games here, then maybe you should be doing that with some of these other players. At least with Alvin Kamara, we know there's not going to be a setback with the suspension, right? Uh, So a couple things to note with these sharp drafts, and this happens in your hometown leagues. Not everyone in your hometown league is going to be, you know, super plugged in and super sharp, but there's two things. One is they might just go out and get the fantasy alarm draft guide, and then they will be super plugged in and they will have all the good picks and they will have all the sleeper picks. Uh, Two, there will be people that, you know, listen to a podcast and hear a name and hear the hype on a name and they just reach for that player, right? Uh, In these drafts, you get a good idea of what it looks like when you have sharp players reaching for the hype picks. Darren Waller is a guy that we used to get at pick six or seven, uh, round six or seven. Now he's going in round three in this draft, round three, tight end four. He goes tight end three or four now. So if you want Darren Waller, I do. I'm willing to take him in a regular draft in like the fourth or fifth round. But just know people are getting sharp. They know what's going on. Other guys in this draft, you look around, James Cook going in the fifth round. That's a guy we really like, a guy that's gotten steamed up a little bit. Fifth round here going ahead of his brother now. Uh, you know, if you want them, that's where you got to take them. guys like Jahan Dotson here going in the sixth round, sixth round, a lot of highlights out there. One hand catches all that crazy. So you got to get them in the sixth round. And another one, George Pickens, you're looking at him seventh round. Pickens is one I'm not personally taking because I'm in on Deontay Johnson, but I mean, look at these, look at this draft board. And I just want to say shout out to people in the chat. I see you guys, Craig, Albert, Michael, Scampers, Toronto, Dave, Krish, what's happening, Jack. Thank you guys for joining us, man. Appreciate you guys. Uh, draft season right now. Coming up next week, uh, once you know drafts are actually done and we're talking about start sits, I'm probably going to do a little more uh, answering questions, things like that. For now, we got to lock down the strategy for our drafts. Soon enough, we can start doing trades and start sits and all those questions. Right now, you know, throw the hearts out there. I'll get them on the screen. But we're going through these drafts and we're taking a good look. So, 
in this draft, I want to talk about a couple specific things that you're going to see from sharp gamers. And I think it makes a lot of sense. One, the use of correlation, right? Stacking for us is a tiebreaker where we're not going to reach to stack. Uh, and Earn Dog, if you can pull up uh, teams three and four there, get a little close up on those guys over there. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Uh, if you look at team four here, they took Jamar Chase. And once you take a player like that, now you look at your rankings and circle Joe Burrow. You don't move him up. If you rank Lamar Jackson over Joe Burrow, you still draft Lamar Jackson over Joe Burrow. Don't draft a worse player to stack, but now you circle that player and you say, hey, if it lines up just right, I'm going to feel pretty good about this. And look at that. It lined up just right. Joe Burrow at ADP in the fifth round was able to stack it up and get it done. And they didn't have to overspend to make it happen. In fact, they took uh, they had a chance to take him in the fourth. They took Kyle Pitts and Joe Burrow came back to them in the fifth. And that's where you feel really good about it. You, you didn't reach for the stack, but you got that correlation at value. Another one uh, that team two did here. And if you'll notice, these guys, the sharp gamers, they believe in the get your guy mentality. They believe in the idea that forget ADP, throw it out the window. This guy wanted Tyreek Hill. He took him at two, took him, uh, sorry, took him at three, but it's, it's tight end premium. So Kelsey went at two. Normally it, w- it wouldn't be that way in your draft, but if you want Tyreek Hill, you got to take him where you got to take him. If you randomize your draft pick the day of the draft and you're picking at one or two or three, if you want that guy, you got to take him. And I, I don't think it's crazy. I take Justin Jefferson, but if you want to take Tyreek Hill, go right ahead. Tyreek Hill's awesome. So Tyreek Hill was his first pick, and what did he do? He circled Tua. He was able to wait until the ninth round. He able to wait till the ninth round and still got his guy. He didn't get froggy and and draft Tyre, uh, Tua in the seventh round to complete a stack. He waited, took him at ADP, and he got a great team by doing that. He was able to wait on QB. Uh, for those just listening, he got Tyreek Hill, Josh Jacobs, TJ Hawkinson in a tight end premium. Drake London, James Cook, Tyler Lockett, the hype pick George Pickens, A.J. Dillon, and Zach Charbonnet. He's already got the two starters in in Josh Jacobs and James James Cook. Now he's got two handcuff pluses that he can use for bye weeks and in the flex. And then he got two. He drafted a full team, and then he got the quarterback for his wide receiver one. This guy knows what he's doing. There's no question in my mind, right? So uh, you look at some of these other drafts, uh, you know, there's the, every strategy in the book was used here. And if you want to use strategies like this and play in these high stakes leagues, because I mean, I look at this board and honestly, these guys aren't any better than we are. They really aren't. I, uh, they're, they're clearly good players and know what they're doing, but you guys are listening to the show. You hang out with us, your fancy alarm members. You obviously know what you're doing too. So if you want to get in there and win a high stakes league, not only win a bunch of money, but win, uh, something you can put in your Twitter profile and say, Hey, I want a FFPC high stakes league. I make serious high stakes fantasy football gamer and be a gold plated gamer. Go to my FFPC right now and use promo code alarm and they'll match your deposit. If you deposit 35 or more, they'll give you $25. Right. And you can get, I mean, this is this draft here is from the $2,000 main event at FFPC doesn't get much bigger in the fantasy football community. This is one of the biggest drafts that you can do and you can get in. And when I look around this draft, there's every single strategy being used. Team four, bully tight end. They go with Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts, right? And they they load up leaning into the format in tight end premium. And honestly, they still got Chase. They still got Joe Burrow. They, they got three running backs, Jameer Gibbs, Miles Sanders, and James Conner, and then still got Mike Evans. 
All they really need to do is find their wide receiver three, and they took a bunch of upside shots on Quentin Johnston, Marvin Mims, Darno Mooney, Jalen Hyatt. Like, there are moves you can do with different strategies to get creative and still put it together, right? You look at Team 12 here, Earn Dog. If you could scroll over, this team went the opposite. Team four went bully tight end. This team goes yin and yang tight end. My favorite strategy. They waited and they took one safe guy in Tyler Higby and one upside guy in Sam Laporta. Now, typically with the yin and yang tight end, what we do is we start the safe guy and we hold the upside guy to see what happens. But honestly, if my tight ends are Tyler Higby and Sam Laporta, I might start Sam Laporta. Higby is the safe play, especially with Cooper Cup banged up. He, there's no chance he, he goes out and gets zero targets. Uh, so Tyler Higby's pretty safe, but Sam Laporta, week one, Sunday night football against the Kansas City Chiefs under the lights, 54 point over under. Man, I would be tempted to put him in there. And if I'm this guy, maybe I put them both in there, put one in the slot. It is tight end premium, put him in the flex. So interesting strategy there. Team seven and eight, Earn Dog, if you scroll over, robust RB, right? You don't see it much in the best ball streets and, and all these. Uh, you know, early offseason hypothetical drafts in real drafts. You know what I see? I see people drafting running backs like they always do. Your buddies from home, they're not going to be doing some fancy newfangled strategy, RB fragility and expected fantasy points. They're probably going to do what they always do, which is draft running backs, right? And these teams did that here. Austin Eckler, uh, teammate, team seven, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne in the first three picks. Then he came back and took Cam Akers in the, the sixth round. This guy took four running backs and two wide receivers, and his team looks good. He put it all together. He waited on Aaron Rodgers, but you know he got David Njoku and Jawan Johnson. His wide receivers are fine. He has Devonta Smith. I mean, he loaded up. If you look at the team next to him, same thing. Four running backs in the first six picks. Bijan Robinson, Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, Jonathan Taylor, and he has Chris Olave and DK Metcalf. So he's going to be just fine too. You got every type of strategy under the sun being utilized here, and that's what you need to think about in your drafts. Uh, team nine, zero RB, team two, anchor RB. It's all there. So if you've been watching this show and you watch the robust RB episode with, uh, you know, with uh, Scott Fish, or that was actually Dave Kluge. If you watch the uh, late QB episode with Rich Rebar, you know all the strategies. So go over to myffpc.com, use promo code ALARM, and they'll give you an instant 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more. So get over there, get set up. I'm going to put the draft in the, uh, we'll link it in the comments for the, uh, you know, the Apple and the Spotify and all the podcasters there. So you can take a look at it or, you know, go over, watch it on YouTube. We got it all on the screen, but for now, let's move away from this draft board. I want to talk to somebody who was actually in one of these drafts, right? I want to talk to somebody who uh, is actually boots on the ground, drafting against other experts in person live, which is what your big draft should be if possible. You could do, if you could do them live, that's the way to do them. We're going to bring them in right after we're going to hear from our, our guys at FFPC real quick. And then we're going to bring in Lisa Ann to talk about the Queens Classic Expert Draft. Let's go. So let's get into some best ball philosophy here. Yeah. In your experience, going back many, many, many years, drafting in national tournaments, Bradley, have you historically been shying away from the running back position in favor of wide receivers in favor of if you're drafting in the ffpc tight end premium format in favor of tight ends as well is that the smart play when you're drafting this early in the drafting season 
Yeah, so taking value is going to be huge. And looking at like running backs and and wide receivers, like you're you want to take a look at how the structure is. So you mentioned earlier the FFPC has a couple different types. Like they've got super flex and one quarterback. So that's going to change your strategy a little bit uh, if you have only two wide receivers or if you're drafting three wide receivers. Um, and of course, the PPR is a different aspect compared to other formats or other tournaments. And so keeping in mind the pass catching uh, upside of some of the running backs may be more valuable in those formats. So the Austin Ecklers, the Christian McCaffreys um, may be more value because they get more receptions, you know. And so, like, I loved taking late shots a couple of years ago on, like, the J.D. McKissicks of the world who would get right. 50 receptions really cheaply. So that's something to to consider. But when it comes to like overall value, like you're drafting, you're in the middle of a draft and you you just notice that, I don't know, maybe it's Chris Godwin has fallen 14 spots, but Chris Godwin was not in your plans to be drafting. Like maybe you don't have a strong player take on Chris Godwin or he's not a, we're not like, my take is that I don't think the Bucks are going to be particularly good this year, but for him to be dropping, let's say, 14 spots is a more than a full round. And based on the data that we've seen, you're, if you get to draft a player more than 12 spots ahead or behind ADP, so they drop 12 or more spots, it's you have an 84% edge mm. over the rest of the tournament players who are drafting this player. Because typically this player isn't going to drop. You know... The average draft position is a really strong indicator of where a player is going to go. And I think that is also on the flip side. If you are reaching too much, you're giving up value in your drafts. And so when it comes to value-based drafting, you need to consider, you know, just because this guy is my plans or I don't have a strong player take on him, maybe that's your opportunity to sprinkle in some shares of this player at a good price. What's up, baby? We are back. And joining me now, I'm bringing her on here. One of my very favorites that I've met since doing this, the great Lisa Ann over at Fantrax. And she's with us here on the Better Sports Network. Earn Dog, don't give her the small screen. If anything, make my screen small and give her no, the No, no, no. Give me the small screen. Give me the small no, screen. No, 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 no. You're the you deserve the big screen, Lisa. You deserve it all. How you doing? Who? It's great to see you here today. I've got my draft board pulled up in front of me, and I'm excited to talk about it more than anything. I'm excited for next Thursday we get to watch real football. Uh, we start to overanalyze and see how things are working out. It's hard to really understand with camp, the excitement over the Jets, hard knocks. Like We just are in this like flux of emotions, and now we get some real truths that are going to land out on the field for us starting next Thursday night. That's right. Real football comes along to ruin all our fantasy football takes, doesn't it, Lisa? Every year. You know, it kind of does. So, you know, one of the things <laughs> with uh, drafting early is one of the topics we were going to address yes. the Queens Classic. And, like, I don't know. I, I, you know, one of my theories in life is you cannot worry about anything that's out of your control. So when I draft early and say, I feel I got a value on Jonathan Taylor, but there was this unknown what's going to happen. Well, that's really out of my control. My second wide receiver, you know, Jay, J Jackson Smith, the Jigba. Well, uh, let's pull injury, it up. Let's get you know, it up there. 
Hold on. But, let, me pull, let me pull that draft uh, board up for you, Lee. Yeah, pull, we'll pull it up. But go. when you talk about early and, and, and predictions and all of our things were coming to truth, it's like players are going to get injured whether you draft early or whether you draft late. It is part of this game, and it's just part of it that when it happens, I actually face it like, all right, bring it. Time to really get serious about the waiver wire. Start to look at some trades. What are you going to do out here? Yeah, that's the real difference maker, honestly, is that people forget that leagues aren't necessarily won in strategy in or in the draft. They're one on the wire, right? It's about what you're made of. It's about how, how do you respond? I once had a buddy, Lisa, who accidentally auto-drafted six quarterbacks. Oh. Six quarterbacks. And what he what did he do? He traded one and dropped the rest for all the hot pickups that year. It was 2014. So he just added all these rookies. Ended up being Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans, Jeremy Hill. He, I think he lost the first two games and didn't lose another game. So, hey, Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, you can bounce back. It's not mm-hmm. the end of the world, right? It's not the end of the world. Yeah. So first, I want to say, uh, I want to ask you one thing, not even about this draft, but I, when I mentioned to my buddies, they're like, oh, who'd you see at the Fantasy Football Expo? I'm like, you know, J.J. Zacharyson and Rich Rebar and Des Bryant was there and Lisa Ann was there. And they're like, wait a second, Lisa Ann does fantasy football? And I have to tell these guys, I'm like, buddy, Lisa Ann, if, there, if there's something cool or fun, Lisa Ann is doing it. And I really, I don't understand how you make it happen. I, I'm convinced that you have some kind of time machine. Like, how how is it possible that you can do all the things that you do? Give us some time uh, management tips. Yeah, I was just going to say, Coop, it is a lot of time management. It is also, I'm very fortunate to have a team that I work with that I've built a great relationship with every single person in this, and we work really well together. So you can't do these types of things alone. You have to have people on your by your side that are able to help you with social media, create content, distribute the content, you know, all of these different things. So the team is a big part of it. I am really regimented with my time and I'm also really regimented with my health. So I think, you know, health is going to give you your optimal results. We see this with athletes. Why do they play so well? Well, they're very fit. They do all the newest things. They, they have special diets. Like, so I kind of live like an athlete. I always have workout every morning. I meditate in the sauna. Uh, I work for about six hours. Then I take an hour long out where I'm going to go to cryotherapy I've also recently added in the hyperbaric chamber, which Ooh, is wow. the sickest okay. experience ever. And Kirk Cousins has one in his house. You saw it on yeah, yeah, yeah. quarterback series. I was like, oh, like already Googling. Um, LeBron, James, I, LeBron James says that's one of the things that's that's really helped him in his career is sleeping. He sleeps in the, in the hyperbaric chamber. Do you sleep it, in it or do you hop in it every once in a while? You, you, I go in for 45 minutes to okay. an hour, uh, and I'm doing it at least once a week. I just did a series of five because I wanted to do a, a five-day study on how I felt. You're breathing in 100% pure oxygen for that time, whereas our body is really only processing about 20% oxygen as we're walking about our day. So you just feel – so. The time management comes from a team putting my health first and making sure that I have my meals prepped. My days are long, but when I take downtime, I take downtime. I had six hours of downtime this Monday and four hours on Tuesday, and I scheduled it in because I was going to be in Southern California at one of my favorite places. It's a pool right on the beach in Santa Monica. And so that's time where it's like, I'm just going to listen to sports radio, of course, or podcasts or what have you, but that's time where I'm just going to be still. Because I'll know that like yesterday I did 14 hours straight. Today I'm probably going to do 14 hours straight. And then I'll get a little bit of downtime, half 
half day for this holiday, but I will work every day this weekend as well. Wow. So there you have it, folks. If you want to dominate your fantasy league, get a hyperbaric chamber and just hang out on the beach in, in Santa Monica. And then and, the and other... You also have to do cryotherapy. You must do two <laughs> minutes a day, five days a week, like I do in the freeze tank. It's 230 yes. degrees below freezing, and it will change your life. Yeah, that sounds like an absolute nightmare, Lisa. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I listened to you and, and Britt Flynn on the show the other day talking about that, which is, that's super cool. But uh, Yeah, I've been doing yeah. it for years. That's what you got to do, folks. And uh, I mean, with the team you have, like I was so impressed at the expo and just the fact that they can battle the army of imposters that you seem to have online uh, on a regular basis. What What is that all about? It, that's crazy. People trying to just, you know, pretend they're the well, great Lisa Ann. Just- I, I get it. It's scamming, you know, it's they're really, they're making a ton of money. And when you think about the top 10 uh, people from my previous industry that drive traffic, you know, that's what we're considered. We drive traffic. So with that said, new people are finding content every day and not knowing who I am in my real life or what my real social media is. And so they're marks, right? So they're out there and they just get hit. And there's imposters on every level, like even business wise, I I'd say 15 to 20 hours of my week is dealing with uh, imposters on social media as well as imposters in business. So I had to, you know, you have to register your AI trademarks. AI is a big issue right now. So we do AI scans you know, six hours a week. And then I have to meet with my attorney and then we decide how we're going to do shutdown notices. Like that's actually a pretty great task. And it's just annoying because, you know, all of these people are making money off of my name. So like, that's the grinder for me. It's like, no, 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 no. If you're going to make money off of me and my likeness, it has to be, it has to be my money. So I do it to protect my fans from getting scammed. And I do it to, protect my brand from getting diminished by so many people tapping into it financially. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's crazy. Hopefully I can get to that point where I, I started getting some haters, but definitely not people trying to recreate me with <laughs> AI. Yet, imposters, so. man. They're annoying. <laughs> so upsetting. You put so much time into building a reel, know. you know, like two hours into putting this reel together. You pick the perfect music, you line it all up, you post it in like, Within three minutes, you get like 25 pings that it's on other TikToks. It's on other, it's like. <laughs> Crazy. I know. But you know what? You you can stay above that negativity. So oh, yeah. uh, let's, talk, let's talk about this draft. And I want to ask you just in general for the draft, before we get to the, your team and some of the other picks, uh, this was a live draft in person with just, you know, 12 of the sharpest 14. women in the industry. And I was there covering the draft. You saw you some there. And there were points where I was like, Man. 14. It's a 14 oh, team. That's league. right. 14. Sorry. Yeah. I was there. I was there watching this draft, man. And it, it was intense. It was intense. Every strategy under the sun was deployed. I, I just wish some of the like hater neckbeards from Twitter that are, you know, they're out there and they're just like, oh, you know, I'm not going to listen to your opinion because you're a girl. Like if they, if you put one of those like average casuals into this draft, they would have gotten destroyed. They would have gotten, they wouldn't know what they would have, would have no idea what to do. You know, I just don't hear those people because what I actually hear when I see comments like that is somebody really just lacking their own identity and not having anything better to do with their free time. I can't even imagine making the time to put a negative comment like out there. It's a vibration, right? It's just unnecessary. So, but what we did that was cool for this draft was they handed out a deck of cards 
and we got a number and whatever number you were. So I still have my card. I saved it as my keepsake from the draft. So I was number five. And so they came to me and asked me where I wanted to draft. So if my spot was still available, which it was, I love the nine spot this year in a 12 to 14 team league. I just feel like you get a nice overview of what the room is doing. You actually have to let the draft fall to you because it's very unpredictable. And I think the fact that I chose nine, I get Christian McCaffrey available at nine. I'm like, how is this even possible? Christian McCaffrey at nine, bring him to me. That's what I'm saying. I'm, take, I'm taking McCaffrey at three. That's where I have him right now. And honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt anyone for taking him at one or two if they wanted to. I agree. You know I mean? He's that good. I and agree. at the time when we were doing, because I, you know, I was like, oh, I gotta interview Lisa. And I looked at your draft board and I was like, man, at the time you got the last year's number one and number two right? Like it was looking so good up until all the drama and everything coming around, but uh, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor start. And and you know what, if he comes back week five, Hey, it's all about the playoffs anyway in fantasy football, right? If you, all you got to do is make it to that tournament. If you have the best team, then, then you win. So like you said, you got to piece it together. Uh, it can still work out pretty well for you. Uh, yeah. The- Jonathan Taylor, you know, this is, we, we, these are never the things that you want for your players uh, at the beginning of the season. Let's just put it that way. Right, for sure. Yeah, there's Britt Flynn. Britt Flynn was in this draft as well. Uh, she got her her RB1 at the uh, the 11 pick. She got B. John Robinson. So, I mean, hey, a lot of folks out there getting their guys in this draft. Uh, so, crazy sharp room. I want to ask you, uh, what, are, what are some of the benefits of drafting in person and also maybe uh, some of the drawbacks? I personally love to do the drafts in person, especially with my friends from home. Like, getting the gang together that's the best but uh when you're drafting in person is there why would you recommend to people to do it i mean it's just such a great team building exercise i think you focus on the leagues and have more fun even setting your lineup when you have an actual memory of some laughter from the draft room when you gank somebody's pick the emotions that are felt in person just cannot be conveyed in a chat, right? So though you're like, oh, you took that player from me in the chat, not the same as us back and forth. And I just think that that bond is really fun and it makes you, you know, I've been in so many all women's leagues and what's interesting is it's the communication is so great. Somebody will send out an email, hey, I've got two injuries in my running back room and I'm wondering if anybody is heavy could make a trade. It's the, the business transactions are very different. I could see that as an appeal to this room of 14 women drafting in this league. The downside, we were at pick five and I was doing the math. We didn't have a timer. And I was like, okay, I have my calculator out. We're at pick five. We're going this many rounds. We're taking five to eight minutes to make a pick. I mean, I make my picks in like less than five seconds. If you're in a draft room with me, even if I'm live on air, less than five seconds, that's just me. So it was really slow and I was, you know, me, you know, time management had a lot of other things I had to do. I was like, guys, I can't sit here for six hours. Like, so once you're, you're set- hopping in the hyperbaric chamber in between picks, right? Yeah. Once we set the timer, then then we had this really great flow. So I think it's really about organizing everything in advance. But there's really no downside to drafting in person. Uh, the human element is something I think we got you so used to utilizing me in the internet during the pandemic that I think people are getting more and more comfortable and I'm the opposite. I want to be out doing more things and being in person with more people. 
So Lisa, you might like this idea I've had for a while for the ultimate fantasy draft. You ready for this? Yeah. Uh, it's the, and especially you as somebody who, uh, you know, likes Vegas, is, is in Vegas all the time. You go to a Vegas casino pool, maybe, you know, like Stadium Swim. I just hosted you, one of these last weekend. And well, here's what you do. You do the pool pool where everyone has to get in the pool and you have to draft your team off the top of your head because you're in the pool. No electronics, no pens, no paper, just a gang hanging out in the pool with some drinks, drafting teams. What do you think? I think it would take too long because <laughs> even, when, too long. even when I'm in my in-person draft, I did one here in this city last Thursday night, uh, my, a firehouse league, squad 18, shout out. I'm in that league every year. And, you know, we've got the computer set up, you know, we've got the draft board up there and everyone's got their little cheat sheets. By the eighth round, the amount of names that get typed in that have already been taken Double because somebody yes. forgot to cross them off. And, you know, that takes a while. So it's That's a good a, idea, but I, I look, I'm a don't drink and draft kind of girl. Okay. Uh, I'll have a drink after my draft. I feel like this is really important. I wouldn't do any other business meeting or uh, write out a business plan uh, on cocktails. So I feel like this draft is kind of like a bit of a business plan. I want to take it seriously. And that is not cocktails for me. That's true. Uh, yeah. I think the pool pool might be a little too silly for you then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got to be focused. All right. All right. So uh, in this one, in this draft, uh, let's look around. I mean, and to your point, like hanging out live, I was cracking up listening to the banter with like, you know, Linda and uh, Lauren Carpenter. So funny. And so funny. Kelly. I love Lauren. Oh my goodness. It was too funny hanging out with that crew. So uh, good crew for sure. Uh, If looking around at the rest of these teams, uh, if there's somebody else's team that that you either liked or even they just built it the way that you like to build yours, is there another team here that kind of jumps out as one where you're like, you know, I really like what what Maddie did or I really like what Jen did? Uh, uh, Kendall, ones- you know, Kendall Venezuela, she's brilliant. Yes. Uh, but I love the way the draft kind of fell to her. Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Ramondre Stevenson, Christian Watson, and Mike Williams, first four pit, five picks. And I was like, okay, this is really, you know, building out to be a nice team. Geno Smith. Now, mind you, I was just doing a guest spot and she had just done one before me. And they came to me and they're like, so, you know, she's taking Geno Smith with her next pick. You should gank them. And I said, no, I'm not doing that because you just gave me inside information. And, you know, it's going to build perfectly for Kendall's team. Too honest. Um, Love how that team, but that's just how we play. So love how that team looks. But you know, you can see a lot of advantages with Jen's team, uh, with Julia's team, uh, who was my draft buddy, and I had a great time with Julia. Um, awesome. Yeah, really, really, really great. And Britt, of course, with starting out with Bijan Robinson, Garrett Wilson, Lamar Jackson, DJ Moore, and Darren Waller. Uh, just and George Pickens, who has risen up since uh, that draft for sure. And so is Traylon Burks. Thanks to the fine words of Britt Flynn herself. No, I can't believe he's back from the knee injury. Britt was like, you know, Britt was worried about it, but she said that he's, uh, he's out there even, even coming off that knee injury. And th- for those just listening on Spotify or Apple, you mentioned, uh, Julia's team. She took Amon Ra, St. Brown and Devonte Adams, her first two picks. If the sports books are right, uh, the way, way they're setting the lines for, for these guys for receptions, this is a full PPR league. She might've just drafted 200 receptions, not targets, 200 receptions. If mm-hmm. the sports books are right on those two players. So you can't hate a start like that. Right. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, it's crazy again, 
with these drafters, and th this is an expert league, so maybe the hometown leagues, I, I know for certain most hometown leagues aren't going to be as sharp as this, where you're seeing everybody going with, uh, you know, niche strategies and having to lean into special strategies because everybody else is so sharp. Like Sam Holt, for instance, she went zero RB. Uh, well, actually, sorry, Sam Holt went late round QB and late round tight end. So she started off Justin Jefferson, Chris Olave, Travis Etienne, Drake London, Kenneth Walker, Marquise Brown, Isaiah Pacheco, just firing on all cylinders, seven rounds of wide receivers and running backs and came back with Anthony Richardson and David Njoku in eight and nine. And I kind of love that. And you've got Maddie Kroll. She went zero RB, Patrick Mahomes, CD Lamb, Debo Samuel, Jerry Judy, Michael Pittman before she took her first running back, but got James Conner and David Montgomery. So, you know, every strategy, I mean, Kelly Singh, she stacked up, right? She went Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen. So in your hometown league, you might not see people using niche industry strategies like that. Uh, for you, Lisa, do you find yourself leaning into any particular strategy or is there one that you kind of like a little more than the others or are you more just a value-based drafter? And if you have to go zero RB because you, you know, we're just taking other possessions earlier, you will, but uh, is there a strategy that you prefer this year? No, I don't. I let the draft fall to me. I want to have a variance. I don't want to have a ton of the same players in multiple leagues. You know how difficult that is if there's an injury because now you're replacing this one player in eight leagues, right? right? So I just like to really diversify. And I look at the draft and I look at the scoring system and I look at the, how many teams, 14 is much different than 12. You know the waiver wire is going to be a bit weaker, could make it even tougher to really successfully employ zero RB uh, because that's where you're hoping to grab some other running backs through the season. So I just really let it fall to me and I, and I see what's happening, right? Every draft is so different. And that's what makes it exciting is like, okay, I can't, but I understand people who want to go in and have a mission. I have a friend right now and he just hit me up before this. He's like, Hey, I've got the 12 spot. Who should I take 12? And then round two, pick one. And I'm like, bro, I don't know who was taken. Like you have to do this for me in a live setting. Like you can't just, it's not that simple. And so I want to see what your room is doing. I want, you know, so now he's going to text me while we're doing the draft live, which is going to be on Labor Day. So what have you, I'll be play by playing it with them, but okay. Um, but so I, I just like to, and also there's some players that I just want to take a wild card on. And I'm like, I might reach for a player. And if I reach for that player, will I pay for it or not? But I got the player that I wanted. I'm going to be enjoying setting my lineup. So it's customized to how you feel comfortable playing. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, as a, uh, you're, obviously a big part of the industry now. So you got a million drafts to do. So I'm sure you have a portfolio of your guys uh, before. So before I let you go, I do want to say for, so let's say put yourselves in the shoes of a average fantasy gamer that does one draft a year. And it's with all, you know, hometown crew. And it, there's a lot of pride on it. Trophy with the name on it, the whole thing, right? So you got one big draft. Uh, is there a player out there that you personally, and it can be an early guy, it can be a late guy, that you personally, if you're that kind of person, you would say, hey, you know what? I'm not leaving my draft without this guy. This is a guy that I that I really like. And if I got my one biggest league, I'm going to make sure I get this guy. Is there a player like that for you out there this year? 
you know, there really isn't, I would say, you know, potentially Bijan Robinson, if you fell to me, potentially Calvin Ridley, because I do like the upside. I love what Trevor Lawrence started doing towards the middle of the season last year. Um, and then, you know, I always do a homer pick. And it seems that Michael Gallup keeps falling to me because he's so late in the draft. And, and I'm doing a double homer pick in some leagues by getting Zeke in New England, right? But no, there's not one person. Because I find like, if you set your heart to that and get heartbroken, it really throws off your draft emotionally so you're like oh how's my team gonna survive I, I wanted this one player uh so no but in best ball it was definitely Cordell Patterson uh the Ooh. entire month of June between a friend of mine who was in a bunch of best ball drafts me is like you take me in tonight or am I I'm like you have to take him I took him last night you see Lisa this is why girls are gonna you guys are gonna take over the industry I can already see it happening you're too rational you're too rational. Whereas I draft with my heart. I'm like, this is my guy. I'm, I'm planting my flag. And you know, what's funny. My sister has the same philosophy as you, where she just, she just is, you know, by the book, does it by the rankings, takes the value this past year. She won our fantasy football and our fantasy hockey. League. It's, I, it's a wave, man. I, it's funny the, because in general, guys are not really as emotional as women. Right. You know, we use more words per day. You know, we like to talk more. But when it comes to fantasy football, I feel that really switches. Ego. And Ego. women, yeah, I, women I need my guys. More, I need my guys. You know, this is a business strategy. This is how this is going to work out. I know what I'm doing here. And it's very calm and, and it's not the same. It's, it's, it's even easier to trade in all women leagues over right. the fact that there's a, and fair trades, by the way, no lopsided yes. trades. It's, it's, it's crazy. Cause you're right. We, I, I get too attached to my players. If I take over someone else's team, I'll trade everybody. I'll trade every single person. But the moment I draft the team, I can't, I can't part with my boys. I get like, it. I, I can't do it. So hey, I completely it, get that's it. the wave. We're going to have to adjust and follow you. Uh, everybody make sure you're following uh, Lisa at the real Lisa and, and please tell everybody what you got going on because you've been crushing it. You're here on the Better Sports Network with us. Yep. You're all over the place. So uh, tell everybody what you got going on, Lisa. You can find me right here every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time with Howard Bender for Lisa Ann Does Fantasy Better. You can follow all of my stuff on my socials at The Real Lisa Ann. And uh, it's just exciting that we're back at this part of the season. I cannot wait to just enjoy every Sunday on my couch. Let's go. Oh, man. I, I got goosebumps just thing. I, I actually really legitimately do have goosebumps right at this Fantastic. Moment. The biggest Labor Day draft weekend and then Chiefs-Lions on Thursday. Couldn't get a better game. 54 point over under. Let's go, Lisa. Let's hey. go. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, have a great rest of your day. You thanks too. for having me. And thanks for everybody in the chat. Thanks, Britt. Cheers. Folks, that's been Lisa. She is awesome. Uh, coming up next, I you know what? I'm throwing the uh, these draft boards. To be honest, it's kind of tough to see. And, and the, the I was gonna look at a dynasty draft. It's like little tiny ant players and be like, what is this? A draft for ants? So I'm throwing that out the window. Uh, let's hear from our sponsors at FFPC. When we come back, I'm gonna tell you exactly who to take with your last pick. I actually wrote an article on this exact topic. And I'm not even just going to give you names. I'm going to give you the strategies you need to think about, the parts of your league you need to think about, so that when you're in that spot uh, and, and making that pick, you're going to crush. So uh, hang tight. Let's hear from the FFPC. I'll be right back with those last picks to crush your, your league. So let's get into this best ball philosophy here. Yeah. In your experience, 
going back many, many, many years, drafting in national tournaments, Bradley, have you historically been shying away from the running back position in favor of wide receivers? In favor of, if you're drafting in the FFPC, tight end premium format, in favor of tight ends as well. Is that the smart play when you're drafting this early in the drafting season? Yeah, so taking value is going to be huge. And looking at like running backs and and wide receivers, like you're you want to take a look at how the structure is. So you mentioned earlier the FFPC has a couple different types. Like they've got super flex and one quarterback. And so that's going to change your strategy a little bit uh, if you have only two wide receivers or if you're drafting three wide receivers. Um, and of course, the PPR is a different aspect compared to other formats or other tournaments. And so keeping in mind the pass catching uh, upside of some of the running backs may be more valuable in those formats. So the Austin Ecklers, the Christian McCaffreys um, may be more value because they get more receptions, you know. And so, like, I loved taking late shots a couple of years ago on, like, the J.D. McKissicks of the world who would get right. 50 receptions really cheaply. So that's something to, to consider. But when it comes to like overall value, like you're drafting, you're in the middle of a draft and you, know, you just notice that, I don't know, maybe it's Chris Godwin has fallen 14 spots, but Chris Godwin was not in your plans to be drafting. Like maybe you don't have a strong player take on Chris Godwin or he's not a, we're not like, my take is that I don't think the Bucks are going to be particularly good this year, but for him to be dropping, let's say, 14 spots is a more than a full round. And based on the data that we've seen, you're, if you get to draft a player more than 12 spots ahead or behind ADP, so they drop 12 or more spots, it's you have an 84% edge mm. over the rest of the tournament players who are drafting this player. Because typically this player isn't going to drop. You know, the average draft position is a really strong indicator of where a player is going to go. And I think that is also on the flip side. If you are reaching too much, you're giving up value in your drafts. And so when it comes to value-based drafting, you need to consider, you know, just because this guy is my plans or I don't have a strong player take on him, maybe that's your opportunity to sprinkle in some shares of this player at a good price. What's up, folks? We are back, baby. And I'm going to give you here in this segment the best piece of advice that you can have going into your drafts this weekend. It's the last piece of advice you need because it's the last guy you're picking. Uh, the reality is the early parts of the draft are easy. You know, it, it's kind of a controversial take of mine to say that in your rookie, uh, re, your rookie drafts for Dynasty Leagues, those picks are are most times made for you. First round, if you have... You, you don't really get to pick where you're drafting from. And there's such a limited group of players. And, you know, there's only like four or five guys that go in the first round of the NFL draft. It's not that hard to pick a, do a rookie draft, at least in the early rounds. It's not hard. You just take Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs or one of the first round wide receivers. Like, it's not that hard. And same goes for the early rounds of your fantasy drafts, man. To be honest, you don't need to reinvent the wheel in the first round. If you, in fact, you could really screw your draft up. If you take, you know, a guy like DK Metcalf and make him your wide receiver two in your rankings, you're going to have DK Metcalf in every league. And you probably didn't need to take him in the first round. You could could easily get him in the second round. And honestly, I see him go in the third round. So you can more mess up your draft than you can help yourself, right? 
to be honest, if you just take the value early on, like Lisa Ann said last segment, and then maneuver the later rounds to your strategy of your league, that's how you win and winning off waivers, right? So I wrote an article this week on how to maximize the last round of your draft. And it's all about asking yourself a few questions about what type of league you have, what type of format, what type of build you have, like what you're doing. The first one, ask yourself, it's a very simple question. Are there waivers and trades in your league, right? Like with all the best ball drafts and all those things going on, some of those leagues don't have waivers and trades. If there are waivers and trades, then think about your format, right? Think about how you can add a player that you find out right away if they're good or not, and then drop them or trade them in the week one for the hot move, for the hot waiver pickup. You want to be making moves early in your league, week one, week two waivers. You need to have a guy that you can potentially drop if they don't hit. So we want scratch tickets, not lottery tickets. A scratch ticket, you go out and you scratch it and you find out right away if you won or not, and then you throw it in the trash. A lottery ticket, you need to wait for the numbers to get called. So if you are drafting a handcuff RB or a like rookie wide receiver, you're sitting there waiting to see if those numbers come in for weeks. And you might even have to drop that guy before anything happens. Like if you draft Elijah Mitchell as your last pick and there's a, a guy you need to add off waivers, you might need to drop Elijah Mitchell before we find out if Christian McCaffrey is going to get hurt or not. So for me, I'm going out, like for instance, if it's Superflex, go out and grab Joshua Dobbs or Clayton Toon right now from Arizona with your last round pick. And if, if your guy's a starter, then you just got to start in quarterback for free. And if he's not, then you drop him and you add the next player. Guys like Deion Jackson or anyone in the backfield for Indianapolis, go out and get him. Guys like Trey McBride. What if Zach Ertz go, you know, starts the season out and Trey McBride's the guy you can potentially start early on in your lineups? You know, Marvin Mims with Jerry Judy out. Look for players where we can see what happens early on and make moves that way, right? Next question that I asked myself, IR spots, man. Crazy. How many people don't care if there are IR spots or not and don't utilize them to your advantage? It it boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. I talked about fantasy hockey briefly, you know, very briefly. I mentioned it, but there are always injured guys in fantasy hockey, and you can always put a guy in an IR spot. And in football, a lot of times that's the case too with guys that are out or on the pup or on the IR. There are guys out there where you have a free spot in your roster and you're not using it. What are you thinking? You outside your mind? Like Jeff Wilson right now is on the pup list. He should not be on waivers in any league where there's an IR spot because it's a free spot. And if you use it with your last draft pick, now you can go out and grab that player, throw him in there, and then pick somebody else off of, off waivers right away. Versus if you don't draft them, then you have to drop somebody, add the player, and then you run the risk of somebody else adding the player you drop. So depending how deep your league is, like a guy like Kyler Murray, just grab him with your last pick and throw him in the IR spot and add somebody off waivers. It's your last pick anyway. Jeff Wilson, right? Uh, at wide receiver, uh, you got to look for wide receiver. You got to see what your settings are and see if you can, if they have to be in the actual IR or pup list to go in that IR spot, or if they uh, can go in the IR spot just by being quote unquote out. So if they, if you can put guys in the IR spot, if they're just out with like a lot of leagues on Yahoo and, and sleeper and things like that, then maybe you need to use the IR spot on the, a ton of guys that might not play week one, you know, Terry McLaurin or Jerry Judy or uh, Traylon Burks. But those guys all have to be drafted. If it is a true IR spot, you know, I'll go grab somebody like Tyquan Thornton, right? When the Patriots put him on the pup, he's going to miss four weeks. I mean, hey, it's a free look at a player. It's a free look at a player and there's no harm in it because if one of your players gets hurt and you need that spot, you just drop them, right? You just drop them. It, 
if you have no one in that spot at all, then you're just not using it. It's it's a waste. Uh, for tight end, I look around, and if you need somebody who is definitively out, it's Jelani Woods. He's on the pop, so you can put him right in there. And we don't know what the pecking order is going to be like for the Colts, and we don't know who Anthony Richardson likes. So throw Jelani in there. If you can wait and see with injuries and stuff, uh, there's a good chance Zach Ertz, as I mentioned, might be out. And if Zach Ertz gets uh, – the moment he gets that out eligibility – on Yahoo or wherever else, I'm putting him directly into that spot. That's what I'm doing because with a team like that, they where they cut DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray not, might not even play, and they're clearly tanking. I don't care what kind of weird speeches Jonathan Gannon wants to give about trying to win. They're clearly not trying to win. That team clearly is, is trying to tank. They're over under for wins is like four and a half. So we know what you're doing. And on teams like that, the you know the targets end up going to whoever is hanging out. Marquise Brown, Michael Wilson, Zach Ertz, right? We saw it with the Browns when they were tanking and Terrell Pryor had a thousand yards. The Rams when they were tanking and uh, Kenny Stills had a thousand yards. I've seen Keelan Cole and Robert Foster and Preston Williams on these tanking teams get targets because there's nobody there. I want guys on the Cardinals because they still have to play the football games and they're going to be losing. And whoever's back there, Joshua Dobbs or, Clayton Toon is just going to be chucking it to whoever. So give me those guys. That's what I want. Uh, the last thing I'm looking for, and uh, I'm going to look at uh, FFPC ADP for this. That's what we always do because it's it's the sharpest game gamers, right? It's the the guys that are, as we talked about in the first segment, putting two grand up to draft a team, up to five grand. And I think the uh, Eric Bachman even mentioned that sometimes they do drafts that are like 10 grand, which I mean, Good luck. You got to be out a little bit outside of your mind to do leagues like that. Even though I've done, you know, like two grand leagues before, but 10 grand, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. But yeah, go over to myffpc.com. Use promo code alarm. Uh, they'll give you 25 bucks if you deposit 35 or more instantly. And again, they have leagues for as low as five bucks, 20 bucks, $25. Uh, you got all that going on. So make sure you're set up over there. Uh, the guys that I'm grabbing late in leagues like that, I look around at, uh, once all the starters are gone and I'm looking for guys that could pop right away that have gotten steam in the off season, I'll give you uh, the biggest one for me, Sean Tucker, Sean Tucker. They're saying the reason that he slid in drafts is because he was supposed to have like a heart condition and he, it got cleared. I'm not sure if, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know if, if he's, if it's fully gone forever or what, but he's cleared to play football. And now he's working out with the first team and getting some reps with them. And they said he's number two on the depth chart behind Rashad White. He's going to play, and he's going to play a lot. I'd rather draft a guy like that that is potentially going to – that potentially slid in the draft because of a off-field issue or some medical issue or something else rather than guys that were drafted just to play special teams. So give me Sean Tucker. Uh, another one, wide receiver Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce is a player that him and Michael Pittman are out there in two wide receiver sets, and they both sat out the preseason games. And they're both looking to play a monster snap share. And here's the other beautiful thing about Alec Pierce. If you like Josh Downs, Josh Downs in most formats goes undrafted, right? So you can draft Alec Pierce. And if it turns out Josh Downs is the man, well, you just drop Alec Pierce and you add Josh Downs. You're going to be the one that's paying the most attention. You are going to be on Fantasy Alarm looking at my snap count article where I'm breaking down all these things and telling you who's the man and who isn't. So you... Look at the ADPs for this guy. If your draft is only like 15 rounds and Alec Pierce goes in round 12 or 13 and Josh Downs going around like 19, then you get Alec Pierce in a free look 
at Josh Downs. And with Jelani Woods on IR, it's pretty thin over there. Uh, the last one I like, tight end Hayden Hurst for the Carolina Panthers. Again, I have never seen a team go out and just get all new weapons at every position, right? Running back, three wide receivers, tight end, quarterback. Who knows where the ball is going to go? Hayden Hurst has just as good a shot as pretty much any of those other guys. The difference is he is tight end eligible. And on FFPC, that's a tight end premium league. So if all the targets are equal between all those guys, you can start this guy and get positional scarcity and get that boost. So if you want to take advantage of that, go over to myffpc.com, use promo code ALARM, and they'll give you an instant 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more. And here's the very last tip. I know this is the biggest weekend, so we're going right up against the clock, Earn Dog. I'm sorry. Uh, after this, stay tight anyway, because Britt Flynn's going to come on with Britt's Blitz and uh, break down the news, break down a ton of information. We have a lot of news. So make sure you hang tight for her show after this. But here's what I'm doing in leagues like uh, Yahoo and uh, and and uh, FFPC and Sleeper, where you can drop guys after they've played, is I'm dropping my kicker. If I've already drafted now, I'm dropping my kicker. If I don't have to drop draft a kicker or defense in a league like that, I'm just using the kicker spot as an extra bench spot. And I'm going out and I'm adding guys that are playing on this Thursday or possibly even Sunday morning, and I'm putting them in there. And, and I'm I'm not putting them in my lineup. I'm just holding them and see if they break out. And if they break out, great. I'm going to keep them. If they don't, then I drop them and add my kicker. I got Tyler Boyd this way in his breakout season. Week two against the Ravens, I dropped my kicker, added Tyler Boyd. He went out, had nine targets. I kept him, had a breakout season, right? So guys like, uh, if you could add guys like Sam Laporta, with your last spot, it's Lions at Chiefs. That's the Thursday game. So I got add guys like Sam Laporta, add Blaine Gabbert in case Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, add Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know, Noah Gray, go crazy, right? Marvin Jones, do what you got to do to just give yourself a shot, give yourself a free look. And then on Sunday morning, if you want to keep playing that game and, and risk it even later at one o'clock, go grab Tyler Algeo, go, go grab Elijah Mitchell, see if somebody gets hurt. Those guys play at one o'clock. So that's the move, guys. We're right up against the clock here. Hang tight for Brits Blitz. Good luck in your drafts this weekend. If you haven't, go back and look at, uh, listen to the articles before that. Uh, sorry, the, the videos before that, especially the most recent one. It breaks down all my rankings. And go over to fantasyalarm.com slash NFL guide and get the draft guide. Get the cheat sheet right now. Love you guys. Good luck this weekend.